the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content relating to growing your app downloads and obviously your revenues to help you build a sustainable sustainable app business. Today, I've got a phenomenal guest. I talked to him and I was like, Dan, you got to come on, share your story with us. And he was on one of our previous app audits and got to talk and I was like, oh, these numbers are juicy and he's got a great business that he's built. And so I said, hey, let's talk. We're going to talk all about social media influencer, how podcasting has actually changed it and also how you can implement an affiliate marketing system. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Dan Purcell. He is the co-founder of Get Your Marriage On. Get it, check out the app and website. Go buy it. Go to getyourmarriageon.com. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right, Dan. So you have a degree in computer science. You run your own custom app development agency, Verdict, Virgo Dev. Yep. And now you have this app. How did you come up with this idea for this app? Uh, that's a long story. <laughs> but the short version of it, I just want of it is, uh, in my personal life, um, I've been married 17 years. My wife and I have six kids. Wow. Life is busy and wonderful at the same time. A few years ago, my own marriage, I guess you can say, hit a growth spurt. It just really... Uh, we a number a series of events happened where we just really got closer together in our own marriage. And we're like, Holy cow, we need to do something to kind of share kind of a little bit of what we've learned with other people. And, uh, if I was really good at writing, I'd probably been a blogger. If I was really good at, you know, public speaking, I'd probably do probably do more of that. But my medium of choice is software. Cause that's all I really know. So like we could make an app. So, uh, that's kind of how it started. And it started gaining traction, and since then it's turned into we, we've done a few conferences, live events, and now with COVID that's not working, so we started a podcast. But uh, everything is we everything's kind of centered around these apps that we've built to help strengthen marriages. So you've pretty much built a media company out of this one app. Yes, that's amazing, Dan. All right, did you look at the app stores at all to kind of be like, hey, is this a category worth? going after you because you run your own development agency, you know, people have tons of app ideas. And you know, if you're anything like me, where it's like some of your clients just never end up taking off. How did you know that, Hey, this is a market that we should try to tackle. Yep. Uh, so definitely did a lot of market research. The, um, the, the specific app in the marriage space that we're after is specifically about sex and intimacy in marriages. And uh, my wife and I both come from a conservative background, uh, like a lot of people in the United States do, who really aren't after the raunchy and the, the crass stuff. And the app store is full of that. So <laughs> one, one big like, opportunity we saw is we can probably be the first non-raunchy, non-crass, yet not lame, really helpful sex app in the app store. 
I like it. <laughs> All right. I have to ask you this. This is the tech aside. What were the like the key, I guess, the main takeaways from like this growth spurt in your marriage? Uh wow. Um we're getting personal, aren't we? Well, I wanted to really know, Dan, because I've been married personally, I've been married. <laughs> what 13 years I have to plus one or two on my son so like 13 14 years and you know there's been some rough patches when I first started this at master's business and we got through that and now I feel like we're in our growth spurt right now and it feels really great but like what are some keys that you've learned through going through that growth spurt uh there's so much um uh wow first is uh when you get after the honeymoon phase like the hormones are gone and a marriage is more like a business. It's more like business as usual. And you're more like, if you have kids, it feels like sometimes you're more like roommates running a daycare than it is like a a romantic relationship. So a few, few big things is first is um, uh, keeping the sparks alive. And that, that comes from uh, dating your spouse regularly, even though you're married, you're still making time for each other and to do things that are fun. Some people say, yeah, we go on dates, but what they're really doing is going shopping or they're budgeting together, which is not sexy. You gotta <laughs> like, do something fun. And um, at that stage of our life, our oldest was old enough that could watch the younger kids so we could get away without a babysitter. So that really made a big difference. The other thing is uh, couples, you know, after you're past the honeymoon phase, you realize that, uh, um, you your spouse isn't perfect like revelation right and so and it annoys you because you had this fantasy going in that i i thought it was going to be like this and reality hits and it's not like that at all and then bodies change and like people's preferences change you're like hey you used to really like this and now you don't it's really annoying so the um a, a lot of couples start they call it the seven year itch when they're like they start kind of falling out of love because what what's happening is they're not really choosing to keep updated with their spouse. And as a result, like a lot of men, they start gaining weight and they start getting really like career building. So they're not attractive anymore. They've got a lot of extra pounds and, and like, why would she want to like make love to that? You know? So, mm-hmm. so that happens a lot in marriages too. So some of the keys are to look at, to do things that are novel together always, to keep your spouse in a new light, and to kind of keep learning. So uh, go skydiving together if you're into that, if, if you want to go yeah. something, or uh, join a book club, or um, go bowling if you don't go bowling. Like, just keep doing new experiences together really help strengthen that relationship. The other thing is we try to control each other in our marriages. The... Um, you, uh, we do little subtle things to make them want to do what we want them to do. Cause we yeah. remember they've kind of broke that mold. Yeah. So we'll, uh, anyway, so, so we kind of control them and try to manipulate them and to fit everything. The biggest one for uh, my experience was, uh, sex and intimacy of really getting comfortable in our own bodies. Cause there's a lot of anxiety around that going into the relationship, mm-hmm. but really like figuring out like, how to really do it well and to make it a really loving expression that really bonds that couple closer together. Mm. 
Uh, I think this is a spinoff or I'd love to be, I'd love to talk about this on, I have to check out your podcast on all this stuff too, because I'm very fascinated by this stuff. And I agree with you. And I think it was important because for those who are married out there, it was funny. I was having dinner with a group of my friends and they're like old high school friends. And most of us were married, but there was one couple that just engaged. And I was like, as a joke, I wasn't even, I didn't even have an answer to this. I was like, Hey guys, cause people love doing this. Right. Then I was like, Hey guys, can I give you some advice on marriage? Right. And then uh, that was the joke. I wanted to end there because I was like, everybody says it. So it's so funny. So I wanted to just blatantly say the things that people always say. And they're like, okay, sure. What is it? And I was like, just stick it out. Like sometimes it is just that, like you are going to go through some rough patches and we've had some rough patches, but when you stick it out, it's like what you said, running a business, there's that messy middle, right? There is that messy middle that you're just going to have to figure out. But there's a reason why you guys decided to get married. Hopefully good reasons why you got decided to get married. And obviously if it doesn't work out, I'm not trying to say like, stick it out. If it's really bad, really bad, stick it out. But I'm saying like, if there's the reasons are sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for on the surface and not super deep, then, you know, sometimes it is just worth sticking out. And then now you're like, wow, this is girl. Great. Like there, this is the person that I want to grow old with and change with and involve with too. All right. Enough mushy stuff, Dan. Let's get back into some of this <laughs> stuff. I love this topic actually, but you know what I want to say is like, I wish I could have, I wanted to be like, I listen to Benet Brown sometimes like, why can't men have these type of conversations? Right. Like, we should, you know, right? Dan? Totally. So, all right. We, we, you and I co-hosting your show. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Let's talk about your launch. So you decided to go through the influencer affiliate marketing route, launch marketing uh, pl- route. Was that your initial plan all along the affiliate social media influencer route? It was my plan all along. Okay. Mostly because my product is really niche. We're really going after, um, married couples. It's, it's, I'm any couple of any, um, uh, orientation benefits from this app, but it's, it's, it's designed to resonate well with people that have like a more conservative or religious upbringing that now that they're married are facing a lot of anxiety around sexuality into their marriage. So they have this, a lot of baggage coming in that's really hurting their ability to be really close and intimate with their spouse. How did you go about finding these influencers? Oh, they're everywhere. So um, in the Christian world there, we found a lot of, they call them marriage ministries. So Mm -hmm. these are usually lay uh, like a husband and wife that want to help their local congregation or whatever with marriage stuff. So they'll start a blog or, an Instagram account. So, and then they'll start gaining some traction. So we work with them. There's another uh, popular group um, all about keeping the sparks alive after you're married. So there's like date night subscription boxes. There's uh, blogs dedicated to date ideas after you're married. And uh, so working with them have been really effective. And then there's authors, speakers that talk a lot about sex and marriage and how to make it great. And so uh, we, we work with them and, and we have a novel product like an app. So they, they like that idea. And so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really easy uh, thing for them to share with their audience, make them look like, you know, they're in the know, like here's something to help, help you guys get it on. So what's the business relationship like with that? Cause you, I think now you're talking into a blend of social media inf- correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but like influence working with influencers, 
through an affiliate marketing like relationship, right? Yes. So what does that business relationship look like? Uh, like uh, it is an affiliate relationship. To me, it feels a lot more like just good old fashioned networking, mm-hmm. trying to build a relationship with people, finding what their needs are and see if you can meet them. I'm talking about the influencer specifically. Sure. And um, uh, uh, then we ask, hey, we have this app. Will you please review it and tell me what you think? And then they'll go through it. And I think step zero of all of this is to have a really good product. So we've put a lot of effort and a lot of research into our product. We've worked with smarty pants, PhD, marriage relationship expert type people to help, you know, with the content and the flow of the app and invested a lot in graphic design. Just, just make the app really good. So when we ask them to review it, usually it's very positive and they like it. And then they're excited to share with their audience. When it comes to the affiliate thing, um, we ask if, you know, if they're interested in the affiliate program, they're all looking for affiliate programs. That's mm-hmm. a lot how the influencer world works. They might, it might be a book or some other product. So this like is one more thing that they can do to have another stream of income for them. So they're, they're very excited about that. And uh, we work out a revenue share for apps that we, that, app downloads that convert from uh, those that they recommend. Okay. I want to talk about how you go about tracking all that stuff, but like, are you paying for the reviews, those initial reviews? Uh, It's case by case. Like if they've got like, for example, we worked with one blogger that gets 1.3 million uh, visitors a month to her blog. And she blogs a lot about uh, sex and marriage. So right in line with our audience and, uh, she charged us, um, you know, a couple grand to do a, a big write-up for that, and it was worth it. So sometimes it's a play to a pay-to-play model. And one thing I've learned about this industry, at least in my line of work, is a little bit of money goes a long way. Uh, if you're always asking things for free, but that you'll only get so far. But you add just a little. It might only be fifty bucks, but you add a little bit of cash. It really greases the wheels and things go a long way. So true. So true. I mean, we, we get these questions two weeks in a row. I got the same questions. Like, what do you guys think about app review exchange sites? You, you familiar with those? Yeah. They're super popular, like five, six years ago, but like, like that's just backwards thinking. Like you're, it's not going to scale. Like, I'm just so sick of this question because it's like, it's just, you're thinking too small at a micro level. You can't control it and it's just not going to scale up. So I totally agree with you. Like spend a little bit of money, pay for it or run some search ads. Okay. How did you go about tracking when you got that relationship with them? Did you, with that blogger, let's use that one blogger example where you actually paid for the review. Did you go about tracking it? Were you able to track all the downloads that came through that blog post? Yeah. We, yeah. Cause I want to know, did I get a return on my investment from this promotion? <laughs> um, so the way I do it is I use a uh, branch IO for their, uh, for their deep linking and I create a deep link. I give my affiliate, my that, that influencer, a customized deep link. And then inside the app, I check for the presence of a certain pattern of deep links uh, at after the app is installed. And I tag it um, with that user. And the way my app works is you have to create an account uh, to use it. Because after you create an account, you can invite your spouse and then you can sync together so you can do the work together and uh anyway so i 
So I kind of have, I attribute that account. I tie that account to uh, the source. It's tagged in the database. And then when they upgrade, I can uh, look at uh, who's paid and what was the source for that. Okay. And they're paying through Apple, right? But you still have that data. It's just some right. system that Dan built. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh -huh. like, Branch IO is free, right? You're using that free service. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, for the deep link. I used um, Firebase's uh, deep links first. Okay. So that's also free. But I ran into some coding issues that were really hard for me to get around. So I switched to Branch and I've been really happy with that. Did you do any fancy stuff with Branch? Because you're a developer too, where you can be like, okay, this blog reviewed it. So, hey, welcome, you know, Dan blog readers. Da, 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 da. Did you do any of that fancy stuff? I, I haven't yet, but I okay. could. But I did do one more fancy thing I think is fancy is after you create an account, you're, it gives you an option to share with friends or invite your spouse. And it gives each user their own custom link. So I can track like, the second generation and the third generation down of people sharing the app with others. All through Branch? Uh, well, all through my own backend. Okay. Fancy. Fancy. I like it. The, the other thing I want, so is that all for the influencers you're using? Everybody gets a deep link from Branch and then you kind of track it all on your own. Right. And I'm using my own custom domain name with Branch. So it looks like it's my app and my brand and everything. And then are you just paying them out through PayPal or whatever system you have? Yeah, so you're PayPal. running your own affiliate marketing system on your back end. Yeah, I have a little script I run once a month and it calculates That's awesome. everything. That's awesome. I wish I had somebody like you just be like, hey, I do this all the time, Dan. Like you, there has to be software that you're like, I can automate this, Steve. I thought you. about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Just be, just be behind me. Watch me work. I was like, just watch me work and help me automate, automate this thing. That's what I want to do. <laughs> All right. Well, the other thing I want to talk to you about is this outreach to influencer marketing. It feels like a full-time job, Dan. Like you are running a successful app development agency. You've got this business that's now turned into a media company. Like how are you, it feels like reaching out to influencers at a full-time job. So how are you able to manage that? That's tough. It does take a lot of time. There's no two ways about it. And I think it helps that I'm passionate about the topic. So it'd be something I'd be doing anyway. Um, like if I heard a really good podcast from some expert, I think like what she said was amazing. I'd want to reach out to her anyway and like say, Hey, I really like what you said. I have questions, whatever, whatever. But now I, I can do that. And also say, by the way, I also have an app I want to tell you about. So it kind of, I guess it's, it's stuff I'm already interested in anyway. So that helps a little bit. The other is I did hire help. So, um, after we gained some traction with the app and I want to do more micro-influencer outreach, I, I just ran out of time. I, I needed to hire help. So I, uh, when people sign up, they're part of, the, part of the terms of use is they're added to my mailing list. So I'm accumulating uh, quite a few really good contacts through my mailing list. I sent out an email to the mailing list saying, hey, we're hiring if uh, for an online marketing position kind of gave uh, specifics and within 24 hours i had over 100 applicants wow from my own user base which right. is a really cool place to kind of start from and from there we we chose two people and they've been excellent to work with you know all the online marketing guys say the same thing like build the email list right that's a fundamental you got to have that it's going to be key and then 
obviously, if you need to hire, hire from your own email list. So that's the best way of doing it. And that's hey, another thing I want to mention about yeah. app marketing is if there's a legitimate way to collect your users' email addresses, it becomes a very good source of continued marketing. Yes, they have your app and they use it. But if it makes sense to build a brand, if you're more about building a brand in a community than just the app, then so now we're now we have a weekly educational newsletter, some, some sort of marriage related topic that we're also sending. And once in a while, we'll have come across a really good product that we or a really good sale on something that or some other like seminar or something that we think our users will benefit from. And so we, we can like email them that. And a lot of those also have an affiliate commission back to us. So it becomes another stream of income from us. Completely. Completely. I love, I love the way you approach this app. Did you always have that in your mind? I mean, obviously people have visions and then you have to take the right steps to get there. But was that a part of your vision? Like, Hey, let's build this app and let's turn it into, it's going to be part of a media company that we end up building out. Uh, no, it's, it's evolved into that. That's cool. At first is like, let's make an app. And then who knows, we might get 10,000 downloads. And then, you know, you hit 10,000 downloads after a month. You're like, okay, that was a really low goal. Nice. Gotta, there's a need for this. So yeah, you keep, keep going. What about podcasting? I, I want to talk about the media, but let's talk about podcasting first. How has that helped? Great. First of all, I've had to overcome a lot of my own insecurities with podcasting because I, I wouldn't consider myself the most articulate public speaker. But podcasting uh, is a very effective way for marketing or networking with, so let's say there's an affiliate like that, uh, for example, like another blogger, she might have, you know, a million visitors on a month and she's right in line with my industry. If I were to just email her and say, you know, I want you to, or I want to connect, it's, she probably gets 50 of those emails a day. But if it was like, I have this podcast, I have this kind of an audience, and I really like what you teach about this topic, would you be willing to come on to my podcast as a guest and teach about that topic? And then they're very much more likely to say yes. So it also gives me FaceTime with someone that I'd otherwise not be able to connect with. So it's become a very effective networking tool. And then my audience benefits from their wisdom and their teaching. So it's a a win-win. When do you, do you ever make an ask to the guests being like, oh, I have this app if you want to be an affiliate or do you just kind of let them kind of figure it out on their own? Uh, it depends on the person and okay. kind of how we've hit it off in the relationship. They, they often will do research on what we are and what we do and they find out very quickly we have an app. So then it becomes natural that, you know, that comes up. And then I offer like, would you be interested in an affiliate program? And that makes sense. Well, first of all, I gotta, I, I do my research first and kind of know them first. Are they the type of person that has other affiliates or other marketing mm-hmm. that they've done? Um, then I know they're more likely to have that kind of a idea. And that's not all, always the case. Like I, I have guests on my podcast that are um, less known, but very knowledgeable in a very specific area. And so they're not going to have a big following. They're not going to be interested in doing the affiliate, but still I want them on my show because they're a, they know people on the next layer of the chain that, that do have a bigger influence and B they have something really good to teach. And I guess 
that always comes back to like goal zero for me or step zero for me is to build a really good product and and a good brand Mm -hmm. that's good on the education piece and you know quality product i like it so it was like hey let's build a good product let's find some success in it when we found some success, what was that success number that you looked at that allowed you to say, okay, let's expand into events, let's expand into podcasting? Uh, when I first made my first app in this space, I thought if we could get 10,000 users, that would be a success. And uh, there's a few bloggers that I had followed just from, you know, when my wife and I went through a growth spurt, we started reading all these different blogs and authors and so I, I got the courage and I just emailed them and said, it, it was probably a really sloppy email, but I said, hey, I love what you're talking about. You've inspired us and we made this app and I just want to share it with you. And they liked it. And so they would volunteer to write a post, a blog post about it. And people read that blog and downloaded the app and then shared it with their friends. And I, I can only imagine how awkward that conversation would be actually. But uh, anyway, <laughs> conversation. Uh, they shared it with their friends, right? And then um, anyway, so we hit 10,000 downloads in no time. And so really adjusted my thinking. When you so, said down, so you said 10,000 download and then you, when you said users, but you guess, I guess downloads, users, same thing. Downloads, users, yeah, that's what I mean. For you. Okay. That's really cool. And then the media, I'm very fascinated about this because, you know, I, I started doing events a few years ago and there were tiny ones. I did a bigger one and I lost a ton of money and I was like, holy crap, I didn't know events were this crazy. And I've always wanted a small event. So like my first one I did, I was like 30, like a classroom, right? And we had some speakers and I thought conference wise, now I brought it to a tiny little retreat type of thing where it's like 10, 12 people really gather in a room, really talk shop about business. But like when you decided to do an event, like how did you make that determination and what have you learned from doing these events? Probably what you've learned. It was like, it hard. <laughs> our first event was like, Hey, what if we just got some of our married friends together in a, like, well, let's rent out the banquet room at a nice restaurant and invite a few entertaining speakers. We'll have a fun night. Hmm. So we started, you know, talking around who could we speak and just talk to my friends and they're like, Oh yeah. I bet you could get 50 couples there. I'm like, all right, so we need a bigger space. So we started talking to more people. And, and as we're planning, they're like, oh, I, 50, you're going to have 100 couples there. So it, it kept upping the ante. The more we'd share our idea with, with our friends and other people. And uh, there was one speaker I really wanted to get. She's well-known in the industry and she is like a firecracker personality mm. and like would really add a lot of like credibility to our event. But she's like, you need at least 200 couples there. That's 400 people like challenge accepted. So oh, we went all out on our marketing. It was for my, my, my town, I live in town, 150,000. There's really not an event like this in my mm. town. So we went on the radio, we did direct mail, we did Facebook and Instagram ads targeting married couples in our area that have been married, you know, uh, at least more than five years and uh, trying to really hit that sweet spot. Anyway, we had over 550 people come to our first event. Wow. And we broke even the first year. So that was really cool. So the second year we're like, we're gonna up our game. We're gonna have like even better speakers. So flying people from further away that have a higher speaker fee. And, um, but we have a year under our belt, so we know what to do. So anyway, we upped our budgets by 30% 
And in the end, we got about the same number of people coming. So we lost money the second year. Um, but the, the live event does something because it helped me network with, with like, so speakers, those influencers, those are the people I'm inviting to come and speak at my event. And I, I go out to dinner with them and I, I hang out with them for a weekend. So we're building some real trust there. Yeah. And so I can help them with their business. They can help me with mine. And that's kind of how we kind of grew, grew that business. So it was a big, very time consuming marketing expense. Yeah. But so much fun too. Like I, oh, I have the same. Yeah. The first one was the horror story. My first year was the horror story was your second year. I was like, man, I lost some money. I was like, this is hard. And I lost some money in that. And so and then we, the second event, we kind of broke even third one. I was like, Oh, okay. This, this is the best way to make money, but it's so much fun. I miss it so much. Yeah. 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 So Great the podcast stuff. kind of fills in, fills that hole for me for now. Dan, that's why I've been doing these YouTube live streams. Like I need some type of social interaction, whether right. it's just like talking to somebody like this on Zoom or in the comments, like it doesn't matter. It feels more like back to normal than as much as we can in this crazy right. time. Dan, this is awesome, man. Get your marriage on. Where is, is it, where do so we find out about your app agency? The, company, the app is called Intimately Us. Yes. The app is called Intimately Us. You can check it out. Just search for Intimately Us in your app store. And then if you want to check out the media company, it's getyourmarriageon.com. And if you want to learn about the app agency, where do we go for that? Virgodev.com. Virgodev.com. Virgo as the star constellation. Dev short for development. All right. And I'll put that all into the show notes. Dan, this has been absolutely amazing. Actually, anything I miss before you, we hit the big finish? No, this is great. Thank you. I love what you do. I love how you're, I'm so glad I found you, Steve, because uh, entrepreneurship is, is lonely. Um, trying to start something from scratch is a very lonely process. So being able to connect with others that are kind of on the same journey has been great. And I love how you're like, like, the, like the hub of this community of others trying to really make it in the app space. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Jen. This has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app other than one of your own that we definitely should check out. I really like Trello. It's not, it's probably well known and everyone <laughs> uses it, but it literally runs my life. It runs my business. I love the Kanban concept where, where you have things going from, you know, left to right, your ideas. I, it's, it's, the re reason why I like the Trello app, at least on my phone, is uh, it really gets out of the way. If I have an idea that pops in, I can jot it down within seconds. I get notifications. I can share things easy. I, just the whole way it works is so fluid, and it's really simple. Yeah. So it's like Craigslist, right? Like it, everybody tells about, oh, I use Asana. I use all these. I'm like, dude, Trello is pretty freaking amazing. Like, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> just works. Yeah. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Uh, business partnerships and having good business partnerships. Uh, the number one reason why startups fail is they don't get enough money or enough customers or however you want to say it, right? The second reason why startups fail is poor business partnerships. Uh, you could have a really good business, but internally have some strife with the way the partnership doesn't work out. And I wish I knew that a long time ago. It would have saved me a lot of heartache. In, this, in the tech entrepreneur space, I came across Slicing Pie is, is a book written by 
uh, Mike Moyer. Mm-hmm. And it's an excellent resource for anyone that wants to start a business with a, with a, with a co-founder or more than one co-founder. It's a way to divide your equity and split it up. That's dynamic based on the inputs everyone's bringing. And he offers a template for tracking. So if you have partner A and B at the outset, they both seem to be enthusiastic and excited to start the business. They're going to, you know, things look great. They have a rosy picture of the future, like nothing wrong can happen. We have the best idea. Three months in, what usually happens is partner A is way overworking and uh, overfunctioning compared to partner B. Yet they're 50-50 partners, but the inputs they're bringing is not equal. And that causes resentment and problems within that business partnership. So Mike Moyer in Slicing Pie outlines a very fair way to split up equity based on how hard everyone's working, everyone's like inputs and experience and everything like that. And I've used it in several of my other uh, ventures with various partners. It's worked out a lot better. So that's one thing I wish I knew many years ago would have helped me get a lot further. I got to link that. I'm going to check out that book as well. That's really cool. All right, Mike, the last thing I want to cover, and I just saw it in the notes that we put together for you is your portfolio strategy. You actually, you know, obviously Intimately Us is one of the apps, but you also have Anatomy of Marriage. You have Just Between Us. And that was part of your growth strategy is building a portfolio of apps. Yes. Uh, And each one kind of builds on each other. Just Between Us is a chat app. It's an encrypted one-to-one only chat app. So there's absolutely no way you can accidentally send that uh, flirty message to the wrong person. And um, Do the images disappear? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that too. And uh, we do use end-to-end encryption, which means there's no way an intermediary can read the message. So... Um, even if they're stored on my server, they're all encrypted. They, they can't be, I don't have the key. The key is only on the phone. So that's been a really popular app, especially for married couples that want to do a little more flirting. And so I can work with like the Intimately Us, which is more about the, the sex and intimacy app. And then I also have this companion app just between us, which is the chat app. And then Anatomy of Marriage app is more about uh, communication. So I have plans down the road to create more apps to help married couples with their in, in just very specific utilities to help in uh, parts of their life. I love the way you approach this, Dan. I, it started off with one app, right? Intimately us. And you said, okay, if I find success on this, I'm going to do the X, Y, and, or I'm going to take this and you're just taking it further. So I hope, and this is my main key takeaway from the, our interview is that this is what's possible. You know, you built a media business, have a podcast, you have events, you have other podcast, other apps too, but you started with one, you got it successful first. And then, so I hope the, the listener takes away that here's all the possibilities. You just got to check that first check mark is building that first great product, get it successful to what you've determined success and then build upon that as well. If I can just say one more thing on Please. what you just said, I love the book, Good to Great. Uh, Jim Collins talks about the, the flywheel. If you're familiar with the book, a flywheel is like this really heavy stone wheel that takes an enormous amount of effort to start moving. But once you get it moving, you can start moving it faster and faster and easier and easier. I think uh, business is that way. You start with the first one. It takes an enormous amount of effort, but you keep pushing and pushing and other things you do keep giving it momentum. 
no better way to end than that. It is getyourmarriageon.com, virgodev.com as well. If you want to check out the app development firm, get your marriage on. You can find all the apps there and the podcast I'll be subscribing to as well. And maybe Dan and I will have that intimate conversation with just two guys, <laughs> two fathers, two husbands as well. Dan, if the audience wants to connect with you personally, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, go to virgodev.com. That's the best way to connect with me. Awesome. Thank you guys for, Dan, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thanks. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.